0: I got into this industry and everyone is telling me how they're doing things because it is it is actually a community so it, it has been a place where I've learned so much um, and I in my engineering background gets to take a backseat um, to like actual practical real world experience and it's just been a gift for us this is fantastic Let, let's stay here let's figure it out so it was bo- the idea was born with my grandmother shaped in my college years at the University of Louisville But it became a reality in the back of house when it actually had chefs talking uh, around it.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. You know, the news headlines have been going on and on for weeks now, even months, about supply chain shortages and the rising costs of products out there, especially in the food service industry. And one of the biggest rising prices is fryer oil. Now, this is something that most restaurants use on a weekly basis. We have fryolators, of course. Well, interestingly, my guest today, Mr. Jeremiah Chapman, is a chemical engineer and founder of Fresh Fry. What is Fresh Fry? Well, they have a plant-based, sustainable product that's a pod that extends the life of your fryer oil. You simply put these in your fryer baskets overnight, and it extends the life of your uh, oil by up to two to three days, and it saves up to 25% your frying oil costs. Again, it's plant-based, sustainable, it's good for the planet, it saves labor, it saves money, and it sounds like a great solution, so stay tuned. Very interesting topic, interesting guy I've always believed in systems to run a really effective restaurant. They say you have a system if you can walk away and leave your place for a day, a week, or a month, and it's just as successful, just as profitable when you return, if not more so. Now, the staff are really the foundation of this, and it all comes down to the word empowerment. You know, If you've got really great people and if you can develop those people to have your back, And to run it as if they owned it, treat everything as if they had to pay for it, that's a super powerful system. Once you have the staff in place, it really comes down to three things. It comes down to, one, staff training development, recognition, and rewards. To create what I call your dream team. How to empower your team to think and act like owners and to treat everything as if they owned it and had to pay for it. And to deliver amazing guest service experiences to your customers. To serve and sell because sales are the lifeblood of your business. Not allowing order takers on the floor, but teaching everyone to recognize opportunities and make suggestions that we know that customers will enjoy and appreciate. It all comes down to training 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 number two cost controls and maximizing profit you need to know your critical financial numbers on a weekly basis and it only takes ten minutes but you need to understand these things how about your daily break even how much it costs you to open the doors to your restaurant each day inventory is not just walking around and figuring out what your order is that week. It's knowing the true value of your goods on hand at any given point in time, and you need this information to be able to calculate your true food and beverage costs. Your labor costs are also important, and running a weekly labor analysis against sales. If you know these things, I can teach you how to maximize your profit and control your costs, and then number three is what I call marketing firepower and affinity. You know affinity is defined as a really powerful sense of loyalty and belonging where your customers become raving fans and they're like an army of brand ambassadors spreading the word for your restaurant. Well all of this is included in the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. If you really want to take your restaurant to the next level post pandemic things are heating up customers are coming back Now is the time to really maximize your opportunities, maximize your sales and profits, and create that dream team staff. Check it out at restaurantrockstars.com. It's the Restaurant Rockstars Academy. Rockstars, let me tell you about Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed for restaurateurs by restaurateurs. Effective labor management is more important than ever to maximize profit and success, especially now as restaurants begin to reopen and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trust, turning your team into a competitive advantage to your business. Right now, Restaurant Rockstars listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started now at sevenshifts.com forward slash restaurant rockstars. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com forward slash restaurant rockstars to get three months of industry-leading labor management for free. Now, on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Really excited today. I have Mr. Jeremiah Chapman, who is the co-founder of a company and a product called Fresh Fry, and that is a sustainable solution to oil filtration systems in your restaurant. Welcome to the show, Jeremiah. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about this. You know, This is a really interesting product, and it couldn't have come at a better time, of course, everyone's heard about all these supply chain issues and the rising costs of products. And I know fryer Oil is definitely on the list. And I know I belong to so many different restaurant owner and manager groups. And that has come up numerous times about fryer Oil used to cost X and now it costs Y. And it's like... Operators are just being bombarded with rising costs, and you have a solution to one of those high costs. So, we're going to talk all about that, but let's start with your backstory in hospitality. You know, and that could be anything. Did you work in a restaurant at an early age? How'd you get interested in the restaurant space? And then, you know, how did you co found Fresh Fry?
0: Sure, sure. So, officially, I haven't had a single job in the restaurant industry or the hospitality industry, but I grew up around it. Uh, Everywhere from in our own household, uh, cooking with different family members to I had an uncle who actually had a barbecue shop that we would stop by as much as possible. He'd show us around the back of house. So it was always a part of our family culture. There were restaurateurs in our family, but they all told me, hey, this is a difficult industry. Go get your education. Um, and what I found so interesting is no matter what they said, I still found my way back there.
1: No kidding. That's great. Where was the barbecue, um, place? Where so is your... it was in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: So I grew up oh, in Louisville, really? Kentucky. So, uh, yeah. there's, there's a lot of fried chicken here, but we decided to take the barbecue route.
1: You know, I remember Louisville, Kentucky being a young kid. It's the home of, um, Hillary and Bradsby company, right? Home of the Louisville slugger bats and all that sort of thing. It's... Believe
0: it or not, they're made in Indiana now.
1: Oh, no kidding. Wow. Surprising. Yeah, because I mean, Kentucky was part of the Louisville culture, I thought, forever for decades, right?
0: Right, right. I mean, we have the museum and everything. Mm -hmm. I believe we may still make the ones for um, the professional league, but all all of the others. Now, I could could be completely messing this up, but the last time I heard, that is what was going on.
1: Yeah, you may be right. And Kentucky is also known for bourbon, isn't it? Like, it's a big bourbon place.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely known for bourbon and definitely paired with a lot of dinners here or it goes well by itself.
1: Right on. All right. Well, let's dive into Fresh Fry. Now, we know that most restaurants in this business have multiple fryolators. You know, it's just a common piece of equipment that so many restaurants have. So let's talk about what exactly. Well, no, I think I started by saying, tell us the story of Fresh Fry. Like, how did it come to be? Tell us what it is and then how it came to be. And then we'll dive into the details. Sure,
0: sure. So fresh fry creates a product out of agricultural scraps that extends the life of frying oil. So it's a pod that you place into the deep fryer, you leave it in overnight, and it removes the things that make your oil taste bitter, turn dark and start to smoke, and then you can pull it out the next day and throw it away. So the the way we got started with that, actually, I used to cook with my grandmother, and we, we would fry fish, anything after that fish would taste like nothing but fish. So we said, we'll always fry potatoes to, to quote unquote, clean the oil. So I started looking at that concept because I used to take old oil from restaurants and make biodiesel from it. And I needed to get all of that gunk out of it. So I thought, Hey, we used to do this as a kid. I, I used to do this as a kid. Let's try to use plants to do it here and realize that it can work. But it never made sense until I finally went back to the back of house and real and, and got to work with the chef, who helped me out tremendously. Uh, I find that a lot of times innovators uh, for the restaurant space come in, they think they can solve your problem without ever looking at your menu, without ever talking to the chef, without ever talking to the staff, and uh, it failed. And I worked on it for a couple of years, and it failed in the first two weeks, and the chef. Said, you've got this, 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 these list of five different things that I needed to fix and then it would work. And I thought, this is fantastic. Let, let's stay here. Let's figure it out. So it was bo- the idea was born with my grandmother, shaped in my college years at the University of Louisville. But it became a reality in the back of house when it actually had chefs talking uh, around it.
1: That's awesome. I mean, there's an old expression that says necessity is the mother of invention. And from experience, you know, being around restaurants and just your own experiences, you realize that this is a problem that restaurants have on a daily and weekly basis. And you suddenly had a solution because you had practical knowledge of biodiesel and all that. Did you drive a biodiesel car back then and all that stuff? I had a chef that (laughs) did that. He used to take all our fryer oil and and put it in his Mercedes. It's been converted to biodiesel. uh (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I actually, I used to take the oil and give it to the shuttle service. So all the oh. students would, mm-hmm. would uh, so it, it fueled all the buses, but I was just driving an old Pontiac.
1: Gotcha. All right. So we're talking about impurities. We're talking about contaminants and metals and all these things that end up in the oil just from the frying process. Is that correct? That's correct. And then you've got, you've got a plant-based product. That, um, well, it's like a pouch, right? I looked on your website and it looks like a pouch about, I don't know, eight inches long by say four inches wide or something. I mean, I don't know the exact dimensions, but
0: that is is almost spot on. It's really by four. Yeah. Oh, wow. I
1: I didn't read that anywhere. I just guessed looking at the website. Okay. So we've got these pods, you call them and they're plant-based and, uh, how do you put them together? Do you actually manufacture these things? You have them outsourced somewhere? Like, how does that work?
0: So we used to manufacture them, but, uh, when we were scaling in 2018, mm-hmm. we, we realized that there are folks who could do this at scale much better than us. So it's right. all us-based. Um, and we focused on all of our distributor and end-user relationships, making sure that we're not just creating a problem, but, uh, creating a product, but we are actually providing a solution. So when we are talking about the impurities and the oil, um, you can have the best product out there. I'll, I'll start with the origin story.
1: Yeah, there please are products
0: do. in the in, in the market that clean oil. I didn't start this company because I wanted to create a product that also cleaned oil. I used what was in the, in the current uh, industry and it didn't work for me. It required pieces of equipment that I couldn't necessarily afford. Mm-hmm. And it also required different filter papers that I didn't want to continue to spend money on. And at the end of the day, it was a little bit difficult for me to use with hot oil. So I thought, I want something that's good for me. Realized that there was an entire industry that was forced to do the same thing. So that is why we created the Fresh Fried Pod. So now we want to stay in that realm. So pods are being made by a third party so we can continue to make sure that we're listening to the same folks that told us how to do it in the first place.
1: I see. And it's beautiful that it is a sustainable product and you're helping the environment as well and you're sustaining the life of fryer oil. So let's talk about that process. Um, Restaurant owners know this if they've got fryolators, but without the pod, what is a typical life? span of fryer oil. Okay. Let's just say you just changed your oil and you put it in your fryolators and that sort of thing. And then you've got a pretty heavy volume restaurant. You're doing lots of French fries. Maybe you're doing fish and chips or whatever else you fry in there. It's like, how often should a restaurant normally change its oil with a fair volume amount of volume that goes through it?
0: So uh, I'll answer it first at the high level, and then I'll go into menu mix a bit more. So at the high level, uh, most restaurants are going to change their oil over twice a week, usually. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes, so, uh, depending on what they fry, they can get once a week. Okay. Uh, but now, if we start looking at menu mix, whenever you fry something, whatever, after the fryer, that food is now 10 to 40% oil. So, oil is an ingredient that you're replenishing all of the time. So, if you've got someone who has a concept that fries a lot of tortilla chips, that could take 30 to 40% oil So you're constantly topping off. So you may change um, less often, but you're actually using quite a bit more oil. And the quality of the oil is now completely guiding the quality of your food. Sure. Meanwhile, a lower uh, oil absorption. So if you start looking at some proteins that may be closer to the 10, 15% oil uh, quantity, now you you can get away with um, different flavors of oils or types of oils because the bulk of your ingredient is still the protein uh, fraction
1: right And the oil breaks down of course over time. and also consumers, your guests are tasting the nuances or the flavor differences from the way it should taste. and now it's essentially tasting like greasy and oily right That's right all That's those right. things.
0: okay so w- w- what you'll see is um, if someone's frying chips that that consumer will be a lot more sensitive to different notes in the in the oil because they have so much more oil or oil in it but when you're frying chicken or something like that you can have a little bit higher acid level or things like that because the 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 strength of flavors and the protein can over can overpower
1: it okay let's talk about the process now okay uh, a a busy night in a restaurant goes by and the oil is still hot in the fryers and obviously the baskets are cleaned and all that sort of thing but you still have hot oil in your fryer and you turn off the propane or however it's fired to the machine and you're about to close down your restaurant, what do you do? You drop a pod into the oil? Yep. That's it. That's it. Drop a pod into the oil. oil. That's right. So for every fryer you have, you just drop a pod in and then what happens? Okay. You come in the next day and there's a pod that has absorbed all of these impurities and and that sort of thing. Am I on target? That's right.
0: So it, it, it has adsorbed acids and some of the metals out of the oil. Uh And the the way we think about it is overnight, the um, oil can begin, can continue to degrade what we're actually doing is giving it something to interact with. So instead of degrading the oil, it attacks the pod. So it does that overnight. So not only is it removing things, it's giving other surfaces for different reactions to happen overnight. You come in the next day and you just drain the pod.
1: Okay. So you're going to remove that and and just toss it. And then the process continues the same day you go through a course of business and you'll do it again. That's right. That's right. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, okay, so now we're, we're, we're extending the life of the oil with a pod. Can you give us some statistics on how long uh, you know, before you have to change your oil if you're regularly using pods?
0: On average, our customers get two to three days of extension mm-hmm. when they're using pods. Now, if you're getting seven to 10 days of oil life, that's a lot different than if you get two to three. Sure. So it really depends on what what volumes you're doing, but two to three days of extension on top is typically what we get. And they're not changing anything else.
1: And if I'm hearing you correctly, we talked earlier about if you were not using pods, if you've never heard of pods, you're constantly topping off those fryers with fresh oil, even though you're not changing the oil, right? Mm -hmm. So that's costing you extra money. And, you know, those big jugs of fryer oil and that sort of thing, you're constantly replenishing and, and all that sort of thing. So does this sort of eliminate the need to top off?
0: It does not eliminate the need to top off. What we have seen is as your oil quality gets worse, your top-off amounts get a little bit higher because the oil is sticking to the product and it's coming out soggy and retaining much more oil in the product. So if, you're, if your quality is good, your heat transfer is good. So if the oil goes in, it's good enough to also come back out. That's usually where it gets you. It's not, it's not oil going in the product, it's that it can't get back out before you need to take it out.
1: Right. Right. So you have a statistic over all the restaurants that are using this, I'm sure. And you've you've been proving that you can reduce frying oil costs by up to 25%. That's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an eye opener right now for for our audience that's listening, especially as we continue to watch the cost of fryer oil going up. It's it's a solution. You want to take a look at this. So what other benefits are there? Okay. There's definitely a cost savings. Uh, Let's talk about labor.
0: Sure. So we actually have, um, during our trial process, uh, called Fryer Eye. So in, in the back of house, if you have a tablet or something, you're just taking a picture of the pods in the fryer. What it's doing during the trial is making sure the number one question is gone, uh, where the pods used. But what we're tracking is that the staff in the back of house can be fully effective using the product within the first night. So the trainability is very high. And then we can also log how much time it takes to go from fryer one down to fryer four. Average is two and a half minutes. So really, what we're doing is we're focusing on. Now we're not going to be able to take that labor and say, okay, everyone gets to go home earlier all of the time. But you sure. can repurpose that to a higher value um, incident, some something else that uh, you want your staff to focus on. Uh, and then with labor, you want to also make sure that your back of house uh, has some accountability which, uh, let's use a better word, um, some some traceability here. Mm -hmm. So the staff that comes in in the morning, so unless you have someone who's clopening or something like that, uh, you can see pods in the fryers and know that the oil was filtered. Sometimes if you have other solutions out there, you don't know until you turn the fryers on. Oh man, no one did anything last night. And now I'm stuck with this oil in the middle of um, a day part.
1: How long have you been doing this, Jeremiah? Like, when did this all begin for you?
0: Um, I started in 2016.
1: Okay. And oh, quite a few years.
0: Yeah. So I started in 2016, went national in 2018. Um, it has been a wild ride.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> but,
0: um, one, one of my favorite things is this, this industry. So I, I come from the uh, manufacturing industry where everything about how you do something how you do something is kind of like your trade secret. You, you don't talk about how you're doing. You just talk about the product. You get it. I got into this industry and everyone is telling you how they're doing things because it is, it is actually a community. So it, it has been a place where I've learned so much. Um, and, I, and my engineering background gets to take a backseat um, to like actual, practical, real-world experience. And it's just been a gift for us.
1: So let's talk about that background. Now, you mentioned engineering. Is this uh, a chemical engineering byproduct? I mean, is the process of putting together these pods, you obviously came up with prototypes in the beginning, you had to test those prototypes and maybe evolve and change and experiment and all that. What was that process like for you until you landed on the product that works?
0: Sure, sure. So my my background, yes, is chemical engineering. Um, And then I actually studied uh, nanoporous materials, which is, uh, materials with very small holes that do very specific things. Yes. So if you've ever gotten a a pack of beef jerky that says that has a silica pack in it, it says, do not eat See that all the time. Right. 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 I I, I made that for nitrogen and oxygen separation and so Uh on and so forth. Um, so I thought I had, I thought I had the science, uh, to to a T I practiced it in the lab. I told you, I worked on it for years.
1: Right, right. It
0: wasn't until I went to the back of a restaurant and realized what does this actually need to accomplish? It needs to be simple. It needs to be easy. It needs to be effective and effective in a way where the back of house can actually depend on it. So when I first went into market, I had 20 of these perfectly sized spheres that you drop into the fryer, you leave it in for the specific amount of time, and then you fish them all out. And the chef immediately said, I'm not going to do that. And there, I realized this science is only as good as it's uh, capable to be followed well. So the iteration of the product, uh, my chemical engineering background allowed me enough space to take the feedback and make it into actionable items. But the chemical engineering background would never get me all the way because The customer is the one who's actually doing that. They're telling me what needs to happen. So I I let it take the back burner or it will take us another five years to figure things out.
1: Wow. So I won't ask you any trade secrets, but a lot, obviously, is a lot of um, engineering has gone into this product and numerous experiments, like I said, and trial and error until you came up with. And that's what an exciting process that was. So when a restaurateur or a manager or even a line cook comes in the next day to set up the line to work again, now, is a pod uh, saturated at that point? Does it sink to the bottom of the fryer? Does it continue to float? Like, how do you get it out of there?
0: So, uh Typically they're leaving the pod in a fry basket.
1: They oh, it's in the, the basket. basket oh, gotcha. Gotcha. You leave it in the basket. And it
0: drains. That makes and, perfect
1: sense. Yeah. So th- the interesting thing is
0: the pods yeah. uh, float depending on how the quality of the oil, the thicker the oil, the more it will sink down, hmm. uh, the thinner the oil, the more it will st- stay buoyant. Um, cause that surface tension, it, it doesn't, it, once it's in the oil, it doesn't pop back up as easily when it's thicker. Very interesting.
1: I found it fascinating. I had to like go to the website, read your story, like check out the product. I'm like, I don't, I no longer run restaurants or own them, but I would have definitely used something like this because I remember what the process was like of changing the oil and what a hassle it was and nobody wanted to do it. And if they could just put it off another day or two or three, they would have been happy, you know, and we didn't have this kind of solution back then. So right? Necessity is the mother of invention and technology keeps moving forward to improve our lives and make things easier for operators. And you know, I call this the business of a thousand details, and you don't need a thousand and one details, right? You need less (laughs) details. So if you can make it simpler and keep your staff happy too. And that's so important right now, keeping your good staff happy because everyone's struggling, as you know, with the labor shortage and you don't want to lose people because of unpleasant tasks. And this sounds like it just you know, it's a huge benefit. Let's talk about the packaging now. How does uh, how does it come in? It comes in by the case, and you get so many pods in a case, and that sort of thing. And
0: yeah, yeah. So our packaging is uh, a twenty-one count case. So one okay. case is good for three weeks for a standard yeah. size fryer. Uh, one pod is good for a seventy-pound fryer and below. We wanted to make this as simple as possible. So for those who have greater than seventy pounds, right, just use two. So in, instead of being a startup with you know 10 12 15 different SKUs for fryer sizes where sure, sure, sure. truthfully that the, the end user is still going to pay for that inefficiency downstream just make it effective for different fryer segments um, so some of our larger accounts they would they buy 42 count cases so it's it's just double
1: mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that up you know it's been quite a few years since I own fryalators and I think I had 60 pound fryers back in the day. And now you're mentioning the 70, So obviously things have changed, but yes, there are different size fryers and therefore different restaurants have different needs for for the pods. Now, what I also found is interesting was you actually have a savings calculator on your website, right? Where you plug Mm -hmm. in the cost per K, what you're paying now for, for oil, and then the number of fryers you have, and then the times that you're now changing the oil and you just type in these three simple questions. You answer those questions and boom, there's your savings for the year. I thought that was awesome. Thank so you. definitely. Um, your website is fresh fry me or F fresh fry dot com, Is that correct? It's
0: fresh fry.me.
1: Oh, I missed the dot. Thank you for t- telling me. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So it's freshfry.me.
0: Yeah. So freshfry.com was a fish and chips place in the UK. Oh, there's and a we registered it. So we said,
1: gotcha.
0: oh, well, let's have, let's let the restaurant. Yeah, you take, you take that. We'll just, we'll just take the other one.
1: All right. I definitely want everyone to find you. So it's freshfry.me.com, and I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. So let's talk about the future. Um, any secrets you can give out? Are you working on new products? Cause you are an engineer of course, and you came up with one winning product and I'm sure you're thinking about the next thing. Is that a secret?
0: So of course we're always working with things. Um, what we find is, so we, we take agricultural scraps, uh, the outside of different grains uh, different food products that normally just get thrown in the landfill right let's just say there's a lot of waste like that there's a lot of potential uh-huh. so we always want to increase the amount that we can use uh, so people don't have to mine or take things out of the ground so we we've what i call internally we've commanded the chemistry there we've commanded what this really needs to do uh so it opens us up to different Let's just call it different types of fries, but also other products as well, um, mainly on so uh, there's a natural delineation about 24-hour operations. What can we do there? Because, hey, the pot sits in overnight. So what are you going to do? Uh, then also oil that's upstream or oil that goes downstream. So we got into this because we wanted to make a true impact on the earth. And that's from cradle to, well, ew, to, to next cradle. So th- making sure that it's got a complete use. So uh, we've got some interesting things there. And then, uh, but it depends uh, on, our, on our customers, making sure that we have the right customer for it. So we have great, they're already on the shelf right now for us. We just want to find the right customers to try it out and tell us we got something.
1: Fantastic. Well, this has been a great story and a great journey. We covered some ground today, Jeremiah. Is there anything we missed? Anything else you want to tell us about either your product or about um, any best advice you have for operators right now during these challenging times? Could be anything at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I I want to lean a bit more into why we started Fresh Fry. So I wanted to clean my oil and the only solution out there was something that required me to buy a piece of equipment just to try it. And I thought that was extremely unfair actually to the industry Yeah. because all you wanna do is to see if it works for you. Because every kitchen is different, every story is different, every operator is different. So we wanted to provide something to where if you just got a case, if you're willing to try us out, we've got your back. That's how this should really work. And that's why pods come in small cases. That's why they're good for 70 pounds and below. Because we built it to make sure it fit you. We didn't want to make you buy something, a couple thousand dollars to see if it worked. That you've already got, you've got a thousand other details to worry about. Uh, so we, we just didn't, and that's something that I'm extremely passionate about. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who's listening, who so that seems interesting. I just, I just don't know if it'll work for me. So you're exactly where we, we would love for you to be. Uh, because we see that it works, but does it work for you? There's only one way to truly find out and that's why we make our company the way that it is. So that makes it easier on you to do so.
1: Yeah. Cost-effective trial and then cost-effective to continue to use the product, especially with that savings calculator. So thanks for sharing that Jeremiah. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Thanks so much for being a great guest on the podcast. Thanks to our audience for tuning in. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We'll see you all in the next episode. Thanks for being with us and stay well, everyone. Thank you, Jeremiah, for bringing us an interesting product and thanks as always to our audience for tuning in. You know, rising costs and profit maximization, those two things are counter to each other, right? Costs are going up. What can we do? We need solutions to continue to maintain our margins and even increase our profits. It's more important now than ever. So if This is something that challenges you in your restaurant. I can't tell you how many restaurants I've either worked with or I've come across that just don't have their financial systems dialed. I'm talking about an inventory system that's more than just walking around, figuring out what you need to order that week. It's really calculating the true value of your goods on hand at any given time so that you know what your true food and beverage costs are. Tracking your labor costs because everyone has a food, beverage, and labor cost sweet spot. And a lot of restaurants are like this. Every week, it's high, it's low, it's in the middle, it's all over the place. You really need to dial these things in. You need to know what your daily break even number is, what it costs you to open the doors to your restaurant every single day, whether you serve five people or 500 people. Critically important. Well, at Restaurant Rockstars, we have a system. It's called Finances 101. And it's literally for people who hate math or they're terrible at numbers, but they really need to put this in place in their operation. They need to calculate their true food, beverage, and labor costs and their daily break even and have an inventory system and have budgets and also cost out their menus for maximum profit. Again, I can't tell you how many restaurants that I've seen that the profits on their menu is all over the place and they're losing money every time they sell this appetizer or this entree versus the higher profit items. I've worked with so many clients that have not maximized their menu profits. See, these are all steps you can take As we emerge from the pandemic, it's more important now than ever to maximize every sale, to maximize every dollar of profit. So it's all available at restaurantrockstars.com. Just go to the shop page and it's called Finances 101 and it's an easy, simple crash course. It includes audio tutorials. You listen to them in five minutes. They explain what all these concepts mean, what the numbers mean, where to find the numbers, how to plug them into these fully automated spreadsheets we provide to you, what the end result should look like, Common mistakes to avoid and how to stay in what I call your sweet spot. So, again, at restaurantrockstars.com. I'd like to thank this week's sponsors, Seven Shifts, the all in one labor management platform, and Cisco. And don't forget to ask me a question. If you go to the show notes of this episode or the past episodes, about halfway down the page, you will see a button that says ask us anything. You can record a quick message. It'll get sent right to me. I'll answer that message and chances are I'll feature it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks
0: for listening to To the the Restaurant Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.